Well, we want to welcome you to an episode of the Spiritual Leadership Podcast, and I'm joined with my dad, and we're excited about the topic of conversation today. We're going to be talking about the core values, and specifically the core values here at Lancaster Baptist Church, and uh, what led us on the journey of uh, basically uh, uncovering, discovering what those core values were, and how we use them now as as an aligning tool. Uh, Dad, will you uh, just kind of walk us back, and this is a process that we went through a few years ago uh, as a staff and as a leadership team. Uh, Will you talk through what the core values are, maybe how they differentiate from our purpose statement, which we've had for for quite a while, and then uh, we can get into the core values themselves. Well, thanks, Larry. I'm really glad to be able to share these values today here on the Spiritual Leadership Podcast. And, you know, as we think about content for the podcast, uh, we try to think about things that are practical and then also doctrinal and philosophical. And I would certainly place the core values into the philosophical aspect of every church. Every church has them, whether they've written them or not. Uh, and, And that's not good if they're not thought out because those unwritten core values can sometimes degenerate into sloppiness and uh, a lack of thought, lack of care for facilities, whatever. So it's good to think about ministry philosophy. And as you said, it's very different from the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church typically is going to involve evangelism, edification, uh, equipping the saints. It's it's normally geared around the Great Commission. Uh, In our case, loving God, growing together, serving others. That really is the uh, synopsis of our uh, church purpose. But we took some time a few years ago to really talk about uh, this matter of the core values. And, And I can give the main reason why is because the core values really reflect the DNA of the church. Um, It really reflects the type of philosophy uh, and DNA that the church is going to experience. And I mean by that, the church body. Um, And I think a pastor and a staff, maybe some deacons as well, can step back and think about, all right, uh, what are we going to value here at this church? Uh, What is it that we want our people to know is important as a philosophy and as the DNA. So I think we had hit a point a few years ago where we wanted to clarify that. Mm-hmm. And that's where we began, began working on the core values. We've placed them in the, in the uh, uh, various uh, hallways on posters. We teach and preach these to our new members. And so I'm looking forward to sharing them today. And uh, the process of going through and uncovering what those core values are uh, I, I think it's something that's beneficial to any church or any organization really at any stage. Right. Uh, and for us, we said it was an aligning tool because as as ministries mature, sometimes you get clutter with doing a lot of things. Uh, but for us, the core value was going to be our litmus test, our measuring rod for everything else we do. Does, right. does it align with our core values? Uh, where does it help us in this process? So uh, that's why we embarked on that journey. And then uh, it's something that we, as a as a church ministry, will uh, champion those values or remind our church family of those values, or even in a new members class, uh, getting to know the DNA of our church. These are the core values. And I think it's important because you know there's always good, better, best in ministry. So every pastor is being asked to attend some function to support some parachurch ministry to you know get involved in in uh, different types of activities in the city and uh, sometimes 
It's easy to say no when there's a greater yes burning inside. The core values create the yes. So like you said, it is a litmus test. Does this activity uh, really reflect the core values of the church? You know, And obviously we have the doctrine of the church, which is mentioned in our core values. Mm -hmm. But uh, besides a doctrinal test, we want to look at really does this match what our church DNA is. And before we uh, jump into what the core values actually are, how long was uh, was the process, or when, from you first introducing the topic of, hey, we're going to look at the core values to us, unveiling them to the staff and then to the church, give us an inside look at that process. It was it was three to six months. I mean, we took time uh, with getting input from the pastoral staff from the standpoint of what are some things that you believe are highly necessary in a healthy biblical church. And some people talked about, you know, the place of Christ being preeminent. Some talked about Bible doctrine. Some talked about the joy in the experience of ministry. And, and all these different things started coming together. And uh, then we, we narrowed down the number, and then we began to refine the wording uh, with the staff before we presented it to the church. So it's not something that can happen just overnight, but it is something that is vitally important. So we'd like to share with you today uh, the core values of Lancaster Baptist Church, and we'll visit through them as we go along. The first one says this, we desire Christ to be the center of this church, and in all things, we give him the preeminence. And of course, we list several scriptures, Colossians 1.18, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. But we want to center on Christ. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. We found that uh, the term Christ-centered more clearly reflected our philosophy than, say, the term gospel-centered. And that might seem like, what's the difference? But the gospel... Uh, which Christ is the center of the gospel, uh, a lot of times that term is being used in various different connotations in an, as an adjective to describe ministry, whereas Christ is the ministry. He's the essence of ministry. So uh, we chose the word Christ at the center because we want the gospel, yes, at the center of everything we do. And of course, there's no gospel without Jesus Christ. And the word gospel is a more of a general term to me. Uh, the word Jesus Christ uh, reflects uh, our Savior and, and our desire for him to have preeminence. I'm looking through some of our notes from when we were talking and we were saying that this, what does this change? What does this mean? It changes our energy, our motivation for the love of Christ constrains, constrains us. Yeah. Uh, it it, it uh, changes or it uh, speaks to our exposition of truth uh, Jesus said, uh, or it says in Luke chapter 24, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto him in all scriptures the things concerning himself. Yep. And it also affects our level of excellence that in him uh, he might have all the preeminence. And uh, so we center everything that we do on, on Christ. Christ. And, and I agree with everything you said. We, we do what we do with excellence because it's for Jesus. We do everything we do with a gospel message because it's for Jesus. Um, and so it's, an, it's, again, it's an aligning tool. 
I don't want to have activities that don't have Christ as a part of the activity, whether it's, if it's a, a cleanup day, we're doing it for the Lord Jesus. You know, I want people to have that philosophy in their daily lives as well as around the church life. So we desire that Christ be the center of the church and that Jesus Christ have the preeminence. The second one was this, we uphold the biblical doctrines of the word of God. Above all, we want to please God and straight, stay true to his word. We would rather be biblical than popular. Now, you know, obviously I felt these words to be important, but so did our staff. Um, we talk a little bit later about being engaging and having fun in ministry, but this last sentence, we would rather be biblical than popular, that's kind of what it's gonna come down to at times in the culture we're serving in. And of course, we see uh, churches, we've seen it for 30 years with the seeker movement. We see it with churches that are you know, getting into the woke movements. Uh, they're, they're questing for popularity and the acceptance and the, they're following a road of pragmatism. And, and to me, with this statement, we're saying, we value Jesus, we value truth. And we're gonna buy the truth and, and not sell it. And so this was a statement that we wanted our church to know and our new members, prospective members to know that truth will always matter at Lancaster Baptist Church. Right, we must obey God rather than men. Acts chapter number five was one of the verses that we came back to. Right. We'd rather be biblical than popular. So yes, we'd submit uh, to God's word. So we center everything we do on Christ. We submit to God's word. And then tell us about the third one. All right, thirdly, uh, we engage and evangelize all people. The eternal truths of God's word equally apply to every generation and every background. So we engage and evangelize all people. Um, I was talking to our mayor yesterday about uh, some developments out here on the east side of Lancaster and just talking with him about the changing of our culture. And uh, I was just telling him, you know, we have people from every ethnicity of Lancaster we have people every Sunday that are struggling with different kinds of sin, including people who've been influenced by the LBGTQ movement. Uh, we have bus kids, we have engineers, we have highly educated, we have uneducated. So our church is not following the model that was taught by the secret sensitive movement, and that was to create a particular demographic that you're tailoring everything after. I remember years ago reading uh, some materials, and in particular, I think it was uh, Rick Warren, who popularized the Saddleback Sam model. And some of us that were in ministry 30 years ago or so might remember that. And so they, they really marketed towards this, you know, guy with a bachelor's degree who was in a certain type of fields of work. And, and uh, I'm not saying it's wrong to, to go after that guy, but our philosophy here is we want to go after everybody. You know, we, want, we want everybody in our valley to hear the gospel. And sometimes Ministry gets messy that way. You know, we've had some talks lately. Uh, the gospel light attracts a lot of strange bugs. And so we like those people that kind of come in and, you know, what must I do to be saved? And they got a haircut two days later and they're singing in the choir three weeks later. It doesn't happen that way out here much anymore. Well, that's what you find in the book of Acts as well. You've got, uh, what do we, what do we, a Philippian jailer, exactly. a runaway slave girl, and an upscale businesswoman have in common. Right. Except for the gospel. Right. Christ, exactly. And, uh, and, you know, even the church at Antioch, you know, if you just read through, it was international. It was various different classes of people. So, 
we felt that this value reflected, all these values reflect biblical scriptural truths. And uh, we want to be a church that's a soul winning church and, and we want everybody to know Christ. Tell us about the next core value. All right, the next core value is number four, we enjoy church life. Uh, and I really, I think this was one of the more refreshing. Perhaps you're sitting here thinking, well, nothing you guys have said so far would be uh, unlike values that we have at our church, right? Um, we, we also want Christ to be in the center of everything. And we also uh, find ourselves really working to, uh, to evangelize the lost. And, and uh, we also adhere to straight uh, Bible doctrine. But this, this next one I felt was needed for our church at this particular time. Uh, this, if I recall, was written uh, just ahead of COVID, and uh, we needed this matter of enjoying church life as we moved into COVID. So it was a little challenging with COVID, but what we were stating was that serving God should not simply be a duty, that it should be enjoyable to serve God. Um, some of us heard teaching when we were younger in college and so forth, and from very famous preachers that, you know, duty we ought to do the duty that we're supposed to do but again as larry said a moment ago the love of christ constraineth us and when you're doing something for someone that you love you really enjoy doing it um, i remember when i was dating terry and you know i would get to take her out for a dinner or buy her a corsage or we used to collect precious moments and then i just couldn't wait to give that to her and being with her was so exciting and that's what i want people to feel you know i think about our new kids city building we just finished this uh, nearly $7 million project. The biggest joy for me, other than kids getting saved, has been watching our teachers have fun serving God in that building. And uh, my wife teaches the fourth grade girls, so you know mom, she's, she's up late on Saturday, early on Sunday getting ready, bringing refreshments, bringing her lesson, and she loves and enjoys working with those kids. And this is something we work at, so to help with that, for example, Sunday, we had folks delivering coffee and donuts to the teachers. We had uh, gifts for the parents coming in. Uh, we, try to, we try to think in terms of how can we encourage God's people. I remember one of the things that we discussed as we were looking at this core value was the fact that if you only find joy in the outcome, joy is very sporadic here and there. And we talked about the importance of just serving the Lord with joy yeah. and finding that joy in the process of serving, not just in the outcome of, of a big day or an event that went well or someone coming to Christ, although those things do bring joy. We talked about finding joy in yeah. serving. Well, and I, I want to say, Larry, that you uh, in particular have helped me with this uh, as well as some of the other younger staff because I am uh, goal-orientated, obviously, and so a lot of times I'll celebrate when it's done and I'm not letting up till it's done type thing. You know, we got to get this done. And uh, I think that your generation is better uh, than mine at enjoying the journey and just having a journey that is uh, something that people can truly say, it's just fun to serve God at Lancaster Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. All right. Number five, our fifth core value is we encourage balance. In our church and family lives, we seek a sustainable, healthy rhythm of growth, refreshment, and service. So we encourage balance. Now, this is an interesting core value because I actually taught the staff at our recent staff advance that sometimes to get something done that's great, you'll actually be out of balance for a little while. And there's truth to that. Uh, for example, we have our, our open house Sunday every year. 
And I tell people even when I interview them, we're going to go crazy that week for door knocking, inviting people, and then we'll take some time off the following week. So there's the balance. There's the rhythm. Our ministry, we have, we have four major ministries on this campus. The church is obviously the largest. We have the college, the school, the publications. It can get busy, as you know. And so our leadership team, as we crafted this, uh, I really feel the leadership team has been empowered to, as in your case, with a number of educational staff. Uh, I see you at times saying, hey, you were here late, take time off, or sometimes we're giving a, a bonus or a gift, or uh, we're trying to help people not feel guilty about maintaining that rhythm mm -hmm. and, uh, and really having that balance in their lives. So, you know, uh, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Um, I think about, you know, when I first came to Lancaster Baptist Church, and I, I, I was trained literally that no one should miss more than like two weeks of church, and, uh, you know, the expectation was quite high. Well, I'm, I'm not advocating just missing church, but uh, sometimes your, your older staff, your longer serving staff, they're gonna have health issues, they're gonna have family issues. I just spoke to our office manager just a moment ago, and uh, her daughter and son-in-law may be transferred to Germany. And I said, boy, I hope you can go over there and visit them, you know, and you just recognize this is the stuff that life is made of. Now, if someone is not making a priority of their calling and, and they're, they're kind of looking for every which way to not bear fruit, that's a problem. You know, Larry, when it comes to balance, uh, that's something that we've had to learn over the years, at least I have. Uh, I think really when you're a founding pastor, when you're, you're a type A person, you just tend to keep moving ahead. And, and the Lord has to bring seasons into your life and, and lessons to help you grow in this area. And there have been some books that have helped me along the way and even in the preparation of these values. And I even go back to like the books written by Dr. Swinson on the subject of margin. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a helpful book when it came to studying the issue of balance. I think of the book uh, Unstuck. We read that as a leadership team when we wrote these core values. And they talked about, again, the importance of balance there. Um, and that's really a fascinating book on the, the series of growth or even decline for churches. And one of the reasons churches decline they, they really lose touch with what their core values are. So uh, balance is something that uh, we as a, as a church family, I think, are experiencing uh, more now and as a staff than we definitely did in the early years. Mm -hmm. Then you come to uh, our sixth value. We have seven. Our sixth value is this. We strive for excellence. Okay? We strive for excellence. We believe that God and His work deserve our very best effort and are worthy of generous sacrifice, okay? So we strive for excellence, and that involves effort, and that involves sacrifice. You know, I find everybody wants to be a part of something excellent. You know, everybody wants to be a part of a, you know, class A organization or whatever. Not everybody wants to put forth the effort or the sacrifice. And so, whether it's building a building, whether it's maintaining a building, whether it's the right kinds of, of computer equipment, uh, whatever you're doing to the glory of God, you want it to be excellent. Sometimes that means waiting. Sometimes that means saying no. My classic example was when we started an orchestra 30 years ago. It was a total disaster. Now, some pastors, they don't want to ever hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, they might have just let that orchestra play and, until it just killed every single spirit of every service. 
And we just had to say, you know, let's try this again later when we have a better talent pool. Um, and, and you have to really be someone that is discerning. Uh, is this done in a way that is going to please the Lord? It's going to attract visitors, going to retain members. And that could be the youth activities. That could be the buildings. It could be the music. It's got to be done with excellence. And I really would say this, it starts with the preaching. After 37 years, I can tell you, Larry, that I love studying and preaching more than ever. I love um, seeing people respond to truth, but to keep it fresh and to keep it excellent requires uh, study and it requires prayer. So uh, in everything we, wanna, we want to have excellence. I think the first book I read when I started the ministry was In Search of Excellence by Peters. And uh, we've been working towards it ever since. And, and this is something that, that I think does permeate well right now within our staff. One of the things that I've noticed, and I think others here uh, have noticed as well, is that that excellence is contagious. Yeah. And uh, it becomes an expectation that it doesn't, it's, it's not perfection that we're striving for, but just excellence, that we're doing our best with what we have. That's right. Well, I mean, yeah, sometimes we've had major uh, ministries in modulars to start with, but we did our best with what we had, and now God's given us an amazing campus full of great buildings. So uh, we start with what we have and do our best. The final core value is we believe God will work abundantly through us and for us, and we express faith in Him through obedience to His Word. So. This core value is really a value of faith. We believe God will work abundantly through us and for us. And I think that core value is missing in a lot of churches today. A lot of, a lot of sound, fundamental doctrine churches uh, that kind of go back to point two and hold to the doctrine. They're kind of holding on to doctrine, which is great. But if you don't add faith to that, and if you don't inspire people with the fact that souls can still get saved and missionaries still be sent and and that, that great things can happen. You're going to lose young people. Most churches that are really strong on doctrine and not strong on faith and not strong on enjoying ministry are losing their single adults. And we've just got to constantly work at these values because uh, we start where we need to start. We start with Christ. We start with doctrine. We start with soul winning. But then you move into some of these other doctrines that deal with excellence, joy, love. Uh, they, they really deal with, with areas like faith and belief in the Lord. And these uh, principles and these beliefs, when the church picks up on it, really make the difference. And so I wrote down uh, that God does not bless who you pretend to be. And one of the reasons he's blessed our ministry throughout the years is because of the faith of, of church members and first generation Christians that have, that have come, that have sacrificed, uh, not just financially, but sacrificed and teaching for decades. What, what does it look like? Pay a picture for what it looks like for our church family living by faith. Well, I think I have to have the faith as the leader to still keep dreaming big dreams. I mean, you know our theme for next year, and I'll unveil that shortly, but it's a big theme, and it's going to demand a big vision. And uh, so last year uh, was finishing the Kid City Building, uh, taking on, I think, 15 new missionaries, uh, evangelistically reaching our valley, every home. So these goals uh, require that I continue to have big faith. And I think it's, that's where it starts. And I think people catch it and uh, they want to be a part of something great for God. And, you know, really out here in California, the darker the night, the brighter the light. And 
uh, we've seen God bless that faith and he's still blessing it. I was just looking at some statistics of visitors this year, salvations this year, baptisms this year. Uh, every one of those are the result of people sharing the gospel with faith believing that it still really works. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a blessing. But I would say it starts with the pastor and I've been blessed with people that have, in, have lived these values. I think of uh, one of our deacons, Brother Michael Michael, who went to be with the Lord a few days ago. Um, he was a man, as you know, Larry, uh, who lived these, these values. I mean, he loved the Lord, he loved the doctrine, he came here after he heard me preach 31 years ago, a very strong message. And he said, I just knew right then that's where we needed to be. He got immediately involved in evangelism. He was involved for 31 years. He went out with whoever he could go with every Thursday. And he loved it and, uh, and saw people saved, even during his battle with cancer, uh, the same thing. And then when it comes to the, the rhythm and the balance, he enjoyed that. He wanted our church staff, his pastor, to enjoy it. Uh, when it comes to seeking excellence, whether as a deacon and when we were talking about design for buildings, for example, he got it. You know, they recognize that, that this needs to be done well to the glory of God, you know, and uh, in hiring staff and all these areas, they supported this uh, philosophically and doctrinally. So I'm very blessed and thankful to have had godly men and, and women who have exercised faith in, in the way that we're talking today. And so I would encourage everyone that's watching or listening today to really step back and you have a doctrinal statement you may have a purpose statement but what are the core values of your church are people enjoying ministry are people believing greatly for god uh, do they understand that it's all about christ and really take some time to consider your core values maybe write some values out that you'd like to share with your leaders i think it's been a help for us it's certainly something that helps our new members because we always give them the doctrine but we also now give them these core values to let them see what we're striving for as a body. If you have any questions uh, related to the core values or any topic that's discussed on the Spiritual Leadership Con uh, Podcast, uh, feel free to reach out. We're just a few days away from Spiritual Leadership Conference, Dad. Before that's we right. close out, will you tell us about that? So coming up on September the 24th through the 27th is the Spiritual Leadership Conference here at Lancaster, California. And we were talking the other day, uh, we're blessed with a swelling in our enrollment. There's been great interest this year. And uh, we have a great theme, trusting in God. We have great preachers coming. And uh, as we often say, the content really does matter. And I think our sessions this year are the best we've had. And we have sessions dealing with uh, gender identity issues. We have sessions dealing with the reliability of scripture. We have sessions dealing with hospitality, soul winning, discipleship apologetics and preaching a lot of really great uh, topics in the teaching and then some great meals and fellowship you will be blessed at spiritual leadership conference there's still time to register at lancasterbaptist.org uh, or at the spiritual leadership conference website uh, make time to join with us and be energized in the midst of this moral collapse that we've seen in america the last few years with laws being passed and uh, terrible things happening to children in this nation uh, we as God's men need to stand uh, for truth and we need to encourage each other to stand. So join us September 24 through 27, Spiritual Leadership Conference. I think we're going to be doing a Spiritual Leadership Podcast live at the conference as well. So a lot of great things happening and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Thanks again for joining us on today's Spiritual Leadership Podcast. Mm -hmm.